All right, so let's begin with our medication affecting the respiratory system. Medications affecting um, the respiratory system. Now we have varied or different medications affecting the system. So we have lower and upper respiratory system and we have lower and upper respiratory conditions. So we'll begin with uh, asthma. Asthma will look at the airflow disorders. Airflow disorders. Um, how airflow or how we experience air exchanges is our first concern when it comes to the ankles because this is a very big topic in the ankles so we'll let's look at it in depth asthma and asthma is that number one condition that has to do with airflow disorders as we know asthma is a chronic disorder um, of the airway it is an inflammatory disorder wherein um, the airway becomes inflamed and then it causes airway obstruction and gastro exchanges becomes difficult. With this, it is an intermittent condition and it is reversible. That's the good thing about asthma and its problems. It is, it is uh, reversible. It affects the bronchioles of the airway. Um, there is an obstruction. Either it is caused by something that is inhaled from our environment, which we term as hypersensitivity, or some other um, pollens, or it could be foreign bodies, it could be allergens from our environment that we inhale that trigger the inflammatory effect of our body. That's going to cause our body to get, our, our airway to become inflamed. Now, when this occurs, we need to have those medications, those treatment modalities that will lead us through the attack, that will stabilize the condition and return us to our normal activities of daily lives, our ADLs. So that is the goal of the treatment. Now, before asthma can occur, the goal becomes if you have a client under your possession on the unit, it could be in the hospital, it could be at home, it could be wherever you find yourself. That is considered an, uh, that, that is considered an, uh, an environment that you have to control your patient allergens. Because if you do not control the allergens, the patient gets uh, involved and there is a triggering factors. So those factors will trigger asthmatic attack and the patient is exposed to asthmatic attacks. So our, our goal before the condition can become acute is to prevent um, the condition from coming up or the attack. If the attack comes in, our goal becomes to treat the condition promptly and to take the patient back to his or her normal ADLs. Those medications that we talk about under here, those medications will include, we have um, the bronchodilating agents. So we have the first one 
we'll talk about the bronchodilating agent. Bronchodilating agents. Those are the first drugs we'll talk about. Bronchodilating agents are the first medication we'll talk, we'll talk about on here. Then we'll talk about the metaxanthines. Metaxanthines are another group of medication we're going to talk about here. The metaxanthines. Um, these are also drugs we use when a client has an asthmatic attack. Uh, these are inhaled anti-cholinergic agents, and we have the anti-inflammatory agent, the anti-inflammatory agents, inflammatory agents. Now, these agents is where you have the steroids medication, that is the glucocorticoid glucocorticoids, the mast cells in the leukotriene modifier. Now, so under here, we'll have glucocorticoids. Corticoids, you have the mast cell stabilizer, mast cells stabilizer, And we're going to have the last among them at the leukotriene modifier. The leukotriene. Leukotriene modifier. Now, I'm, I'm trying to bring it in this form because all these medications have different function. But they are grouped into three compartments when it comes to taking care of asthmatic patients. So you have the bronchodilators. Those include, you have drugs like the, the beta agonists. So all the beta agonists will fall under here. The beta agonists will fall under bronchodilators. That's one group of medication. There are several types. They are different types, but they're going to fall under the, the bronchodilators. Then we also have um, the next group is we have the metaxanthines. Metaxanthines are the one we inhale. They inhale cortical or uh, anticholinergic agents. They are called the inhale. The inhale. Uh, the inhale anticholinergic agents. They all will fall under the metaxanthines. And the last group of the medications or those drugs that help to prevent or stop or cease asthmatic attack will be the anti-inflammatory agents, the corticosteroids, the mast cell stabilizer, leukotriene modifier. Now, so I'm going to go into them one at a time so we can understand each category. Um, what are we talking about in each category? So I'm going to start with the first one that includes the bronchodilating agents. So under here, these medications, we say they are the beta-2 agonists, or we call them the beta-adrenergic the beta adrenergic 
agonist. We'll look at a few examples of this medication. Now, you saw that I labeled these drugs in different categories. And you want to understand this medication in these various categories to be able to know them better and know when they are needed when it comes to asthmatic or airway problems. That's why they are listed in different categories. And the first category is the bronchodilating agents. These agents include the beta adrenergic agonist. Now, under here, this medication, um, they activate the beta receptor sites in the bronchioles, where we have the smooth muscle. It results in bronchodilatation because in asthmatic conditions, what happens in there is our airway becomes narrow, becomes congested, it becomes uh, very small, it becomes it, it becomes like a still, it goes through what we call bronchospising. So in this case, we need medication that's going to come in and prevent that stiffness to create muscular relaxation. One. Two, to create bronchodilatation so that the bronco can open. And lastly, to clear the airway. That's why we have three group of drugs that would do this or this different function of the airway in terms of asthmatic condition. And the first of those medications are you have the bronchodilating agents. Now, these agents, one, these agents under here, they do three things. One, they cause bronchodilatation, bronchodilatation or dilation. That's the first thing they do under here. That's one. Two, this agent, um, they cause uh, histamine release is prohibited. They prohibit histamine, histamine release, histamine release. What are histamine? Histamine are those chemicals. When our immune system has been had, when our immune system is triggered by foreign bodies, histamines are the ones that are released in response to our immune triggering. So as long as our immunity has been triggered and histamines are being produced, we're going to have airway problems. And it's when you're going to see someone with asthma wants to cough, they cannot cough well, they're not they are coughing, uh, there is no sputum. They're not breathing well because histamines are being produced in the airway. So histamine will cause them to be very much discomfortable. So that's what happening. So this medication will also relieve uh, histamine. They prevent histamine release. So they prevent histamine relief. So once there is no histamine relief, the client becomes at ease. The last thing this medication will do is they create an increase in ciliary mortality. So they, they create an increase, increased in uh, ciliary motility, ciliary motility. What, what does this mean? Um, in our airway, along the bronch, along our airway, along the airway, we have these smaller hair-like structures that are along the airway. They are called cilia. They are hair-like structures. This hair-like structure helps to trap foreign body that we breathe in. So we, we, we breathe in an atmosphere, the atmospheric air is not very clean. So as we breathe in and out, we trap, we take in things that our body does not need. So the cilia along the air.
Alright, so we'll look at these medications, the beta agonist. The beta agonist you have um you have let's look at the abiturol and the liver abiturol. We'll start with the abiturol, the abiturol, and the liver abiturol. Abiturol and the liver butyrol. Now these medications, um, they are what we call the inhale short acting. We we inhale abiturol, so they are inhaled medication, and they are short acting. They are rapid acting. So when you have an asthmatic attack, you use an inhaler of abiturol. It helps to arrest the situation on the scene and provides some relief. Now, this medication, they are oral and uh, they are short-acting and the oral ones are long-acting. Let me say it, say, it, say it this way. If we inhale them, the inhale ones, they are short-acting and the oral ones are long-acting. Let's mark. Abiro can be short-acting if it is inhaled. It can be rapid-acting if it is inhaled. If it is taken as pills, it can be long-acting. Just so you know that about abiduroc. Now, abiduroc provides prevention of asthma. So, it provides prevention of asthma. That is exercise-induced asthmatic attack. Exercise-induced. So, if I'm an athlete and I have asthma and I'm going out to jog, I will take my 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 PO abiduroc to provide that that uh, exercise induced asthmatic condition. It does that. Now, then this medication it also treats acute bronchospasm. So if you have an asthmatic attack where the entire bronchi becomes completely still, this medication, the abiduroc, the liver abiduroc, can also provide relief for bronchospasm. This drug can also treat long-term asthma control. So if you're a long-term asthmatic client and you want to keep your asthma under control, we'll take this medication. Now, in the end class, I want to remember two things about this medication. Um, this drug can be both long-acting and short-acting. If it is used as an inhaling, it can be short-acting, it can be rapid-acting. If it is used as PO, it can be long-acting. Just so you know that. Then we have the formitirol and the salmitirol. Now, for the formitirol and the salmitirol, these medications are inhaled long acting. You have the formitirol, the formitirol, and the salmitirol. So these two medications are long acting medications. They are inhaled long acting. So they are long-acting inhaled medication. Now, um, what is wrong with this medication? And the first one we talk about is the abiduroc can be both long and short-acting depending on the route used to administer them. Now, for this salmitirol and formitirol, they are long-acting and they can be inhaled. They will still provide the long-acting long-acting effect to the body. This medication, the control long 
term, they provide long-term asthma control if they are used along with corticosteroids. So we use this medication with corticosteroids, with corticosteroids, um, corticosteroids. We use it with, we use it with corticosteroids to provide long-acting effects or long-acting control to asthma to asthmatic conditions. Now, these medications, they are also uh, good medication when we want to like, uh, provide, like for children also, when, like, when children are having asthma and they are going to school in the winter, where we want to see uh, a high, high incident of asthmatic cases, they can also use them to prevent asthmatic, uh, asthmatic attack if the environment is not very safe for them. Now, then we have the terbutaline. Terbutaline is another medication. Terbutaline. Now, terbutaline and abiturol. These medications, they are oral and they are long-acting, like I said. Terbutaline can be oral and it's long-acting. It helps to control long-term uh, long asthma condition. This tablet. Now, when when we are on this medication, there are other contraindications that might come in when we are on this medication. They have different contraindications. These medications cannot be given in the case of pregnancy category C. Pregnancy category C is contraindicated with this medication. You cannot admit these drugs. Um, client will have tachycardia or tachydysrhythmia, uh, increased cardiac beat or, or heartbeat, they cannot take these medications. These medications should be used, when a patient has diabetes, it should be used cautiously. When a patient has heart disease, hypertension, hyperthyroidism, these drugs got to be used cautiously when the patient has these conditions. Now, um, you want to always tell the patient if it is to be administered through MDR, the patient has to follow the doctor's prescription or what is on the pack of the medication. They have to follow it to get the best result of this medication. They have to. Um, when the patient is to inhale this medication, the patient has to wait at least one minute in between every inhalation. So if they are inhaling the through the MDR, they have to wait one minute in between. If we are to, if we are to use two different inhalants at the same time, patients have to wait at least three to five minutes between two different inhalants. Any question on these medications? The metaxanthines, um, these medications create smooth muscles relaxation. That's the form of these medications. They create smooth muscles relaxation because when you have a body attack, our muscles are contracted, they are not relaxed. And this can create some, or it, it prevent smooth airway or air exchanges or gastric exchanges. So when you take the metaxanthines, it creates smooth muscle relaxation. 
Um, it is the first line of treatment for asthma. Um, it was uh, this will be the first line of treatment. Now it has changed. First time this will be the first line of treatment. Example of these drugs you have the aminophilin. You remember the aminophilin? This will be like the first line of treatment for asthmatic condition back in the days. Aminophilin was one of the drugs that every clinic, every asthmatic client will use when there's an asthmatic attack. Now, but now that has changed due to it has so many different side effects that was not very comfortable for the, for the patient. Now, this medication you have like the theophylline, theophylline, aminophylline, they are all examples of these metaxantines. They come in both IV and POs type. So you have IV aminophylline that you can never administer IV directly. You have to use a huge volume of diluent to administer adenophilin. So it comes in PO and it comes in IV. Now, these medications, um, they are used for long-term control of chronic COPD or asthma. When a client has chronic COPD or asthma, we use theophylline or aminophilin or the metaxantines in this case. So we use them in both cases, either in asthma condition or when a client has chronic COPD. Now, these medications, um, they come, like I said, it comes both in oral and IV routes. They are preferred to be used IV when a client has asthmatic attack because it's faster but dangerous. These drugs can cause toxicity if they are not used and that's what I said, with the side effect it has, with the contraindication it has, with the kind of uh, complications that was caused by this medication, so they are now not used as the first lines of treatment for asthmatic conditions. Now, when you are on this medication, you want to make sure to, to, to check the client traffic level. For theophylline, it has 5 to 15 as the therapeutic level when the client is on this medication. And you have to always check this level. Um, microgram per milliliter. So it comes, the therapeutic level is 5 to 15 microgram per milliliter. You have to try to make sure a patient who is on theophylline, the patient has to do blood draw to know the theophylline blood level at all times. Because if it goes above the normal range, it's going to cause toxicity. If it falls below the normal range, it's going to be non-effective. Now, for this medication, um, it also has several other effects. One, it crosses 20 microgram. If the testosterone goes above 20 microgram per milliliter, there will be toxic effects coming up. We cannot take this, this medication along with caffeine. If we are on metaxantines, we don't take caffeine. Caffeine is a no-no with this medication. Caffeine will increase. Caffeine will increase the cardiac effect and the CNS, it will bring in CNS problem when you combine it with caffeine. Uh, this medication, we have to 
avoid phenobarbital. Phenobarbital got to be avoided. Phenobar got to be avoided when you are on metals and things. Um, when you take them along with phenobarbital, it can cause increase, it can increase the level of theophylline, meaning this just phenobarbital can increase the therapeutic effect of theophylline. So just imagine, if the therapeutic effect is being increased by another medication, meaning the client is running towards toxic effect of the medication. So we do not want to also administer it with uh, drugs like cimetadine, cimetadine, ciprofloxacin, and allopharoquinolone medication or antibiotics can increase theophylline levels. Now, when you are reading this portion of, 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 of this medication, you want to remember these drugs that we are calling their names, but you want to remember their names and their classes. In the N class, in most of the cases, the N class will not use this medication name. They will not use their name. They might use other drugs in the same classes that might have the same effect on the patient when they are taking these methods that take a lot of those medications. Now, we have to manage to know, we have to try to start to know these drugs by name and know their common interaction with other medications. Because in the end class, they're going to give us an exhibit. You have a client who has asthma, has the following medication on their MAR. Which drugs are the next question? Now, you will see cimetadine, all these drugs on the other list of medication. Now, if you did not read to remember that this medication will increase the level of theophylline, thus by increasing the drug's toxic effect, then you miss the question. So they will have these drugs named later on the other chart or the spreadsheet of the computer in the end class with these drugs names. And among those drugs, there will be one drug that is contraindicated when we are taking metazantines. And they will not use the name metazantines, they will give you theophylline or aminophylline. Drugs that fall within the group metazantines. And they will ask you the following drugs with the nurse question, why attending or why attending to a client with a long-term asthmatic condition? So you have to know them very well. So we said semetadine, the fluoroquinolone antibiotics can increase theophylline levels. So we do not want to use them concurrently together. They're going to increase the level of theophylline. We want to advise the client to take this medication as prescribed. If the client missed a dose, the client cannot double the dose for metazantine. The client will continue on the next dose. The client should not double the dose for metazantines. The client should not chew or crush this medication because if they are chew or crush, the client will not get the desired effect for this medication. This drug should be swallowed in a whole form. You cannot alter the, the drug's form before being administered. Any question on the metals and things? Then we look at uh, the inhale anti-chronic medication. Yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to put my tempting on speak. Uh, so that means you can get it in liquid too, right? 
Uh, yes. Can you me over and argue? So you have another feeling, uh, suspension for pediatrics. Yeah, it comes, it comes in liquid. Now, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, we said the fluoroquinolones. The fluoroquinolones. These are the ones that are contraindicated. Then you have the ciprofloxacin. They are connected that you have semetadine. So this medication can increase the traffic effect of metals and things. Then we look at the inhale anticholinic agents. So the inhale medication will include Apatropium, you have a medication apatropium, right? For asthmatic patients. So these are what we call the inhale, the inhale anti-cholinergic agent, cholinergic agent. The apatropium. Now, you have these medications. Um, these drugs work by blocking the muscarinic receptor sites in our body. Uh, so the muscarinic receptor site can help to create um, when, they, when, they, when they release their enzyme or chemical in the body, it causes bronchoconstriction. It causes the bronchi, the, 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 the pathway to be narrow. But when you take this medication, they block those muscarinic receptor sites. When those sites are blocked, it helps to create bronchodilation. That's how this medication works. So they are also, um, they also help to dilate the bronchi. Now, this drugs will relieve bronchospizing. This medication will also, um, they prevent, they are used in exercise-induced asthmatic attack, and they are also used in allergens, allergens-induced, allergens-induced asthmatic condition, and they are also used in exercise-induced uh, asthmatic problems. So we use the inhaled anti-colonic agents for this purposes. Um, they have some other complications that I want you to know about. They, they can cause uh, dry of the mouth. So they have, they cause the mouth to get dry, mouth dryness. When you are on them, these are some of the complications that, that you're going to have with this medication. It can cause hoarseness. It can cause hoarseness. It 
cause hosnas, H-O-A-R-S-E. They cause hosnas to climb. Um, so in this case, you want to chew sugar-free gum. You want to tip in ice chip to wet the mouth when you are on this medication. So this medication, you want to advise the client to rinse their mouth after inhaling the drug has a bad taste. So when they do the inhalation of the medication, they gotta rinse their mouth so that they can stop having a bad taste in their mouth. Um, other dosage is too puff. For the adults, the adults usually have two puffs of the metal something. Two puff. You put it in the mouth, you push the, the you, 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 you pump the first puff, second puff, that's it. You don't go above two for adult medications with these anti-colonic agents. Two puff for adults. And uh, you want to make sure the client has a length of time between the two puffs. If two inhaled medications are prescribed, like I said, you wait for at least five minutes apart to give the other inhaled drug. So if you have the apratropium to give to the client and the client has a bilirubin, you must give the client at least five minutes apart when you are providing the two drugs. Because this medication can have drugs-to-drugs -drugs interaction that we do not want to see. Um, you advise the client not to swallow the theotropium capsule. Another type is the theotropium. Theotropium, we do not swallow this capsule. It comes in capsule, the theotropium. It has a capsule type. We do not swallow the capsule. So you advise the client not to swallow the theotropium capsules. Um, we use a device to administer the capsule. The device we use, we, it comes in capsule, not solid. Capsule. We, we use a device to give the medication and we trash the capsule of the drug. It is not to be swallowed. Now, the reason why I would point this out, when you are reading a particular drug class for the anchors and you saw this one medication, you, you saw this one drug that talks about different things from the other medication. You have to make a highlight with that drug. Take for example, this drug it says the, the client should not solve the capsule. And normal capsule medications are not to be altered. So with this drug, the theotropium, it comes in capsule. Capsule will not swallow. We open it and use a device to administer it. So the, the nurse will get involved when a graduate nurse is administering a theotropium as a whole capsule. Or when a client asks a graduate nurse, how do I take the capsule of theotropium? And what will be what response by the graduate nurse will have the, the RN to intervene? This is how this question is going to come in the end place. So if you know the basic of the, of, the, of, of the content of the condition or of the question, it becomes easier. If you don't know some of the question, you're just going to guess. So when you see this question in the book, in your notes, 
in any material you are reading, you want to make sure you understand what it says in there. So for this medication, um, so don't, 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 I guess, maybe I'm talking about this medication. Any question on the on this uh, inhale anti-colic agents? Any question on the, the glucocorticoids? These are medications that uh, prevent inflammation. They suppress airway mucus production. And uh, they also promote responsiveness of the beta 2 drugs we talked about earlier. Remember we said in the case of long-term asthmatic problem, we can combine corticosteroid with beta 2 medication. So to provide a better effect of this medication, we combine the beta 2 medication with the glucocorticoid. Those drugs include the bacromethasone, pernisolone, and all of those drugs are for honor glucocorticoids. Now, this medication, they also reduce the airway mucosa edema. That's why they are called the anti-inflammatory medications. So, they, so you're going to talk about that honor here. Now, these drugs, the use of these drugs do not provide immediate effects, but it promote decrease severity and frequency of the asthma exacerbation. So when you have an asthmatic attack and you took penicillin or any of the corticosteroids, it's not going to help you right away. It does not provide an immediate relief. So when you see the NCLEX, don't take it up as an immediate relief, relief medication. It helps to provide a long-term prevention, a long-term control, if they are used along with the beta-2 agonist. That's the function of, the, of this glucocorticoid. These medications, um, we can use them as a short-term IV agent, when the client has status asthmaticus. So when the client has status asthmaticus, a complication of asthma condition, we can use them along with other medications to release the complication of asthma condition. Now, this is a condition in which the client is having a complication of the asthmatic attack, wherein we have given all the treatment and yet still the client cannot relieve of the asthmatic attack. Under here, these drugs are inhaled agents also. They can be inhaled agents that can be used for long-term asthmatic prevention. So they have inhaled corticosteroids that can be used as a long-term, a long-term preventive measure for asthmatic attack. This medication also, um, they can treat chronic severe asthmatic condition using it as a long-term oral therapy. This medication help to promote lung maturity and they decrease distress during uh, fetal or uh, during preterm birth. So if you have a preterm birth 
and if and if and the 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 the, the, the fetus well the, the, the fetus came out prematurely and there is so much respiratory disorder, respiratory distress going on, we can use these corticosteroids these to have um, to have this problem solved. So so we can use them for these problems. When you have a preterm baby that having so much uh, respiratory distress problem, we can administer them to to help in such conditions. Now, we look at the first one under here is the beclometasone. Example of these drugs is the beclometasone. Another one is the premisolol and all of the other drugs that you know that fall under um, corticosteroids. This medication can be a measure of MDR, meter dose inhaler. We can use it with meter dose inhaler. Um, with this medication, we said it prevents long-term or it controls long-term chronic asthmatic problem. We can also use it to we can also use it through a nebulizer. So we use it through MDR. Uh, we can use it with nebulizer. We can also use it with dry as uh, with DPI, dry powder inhaler. So we can use it through these three mediums, nebulizer mediums, DPI or MDR to administer the better medicine or small some other. Or uh, example of the of, of, of the glucocorticoids. Um, this medication under here, we can also use spacer to prevent the adverse effect. You know the muscle we use when we use the MDR, the mouse spacer, they can be used with this medication to prevent other adverse effects of the medication. Now, these drugs. When you take them, you got to rinse your mouth because it has some bad taste in the mouth. It has like a some bad taste. So when you use this medication with the MDR, the taste goes in your mouth and rinse your mouth when you are done. So they can cause the same problem. They can cause when you use it when you, when you use when you use it as patches. Um, they can cause I'm sorry. They, they can cause wet patches on the skin or on the tongue when you inhale them. They can cause hoarseness. So when you when using this inhaler, hoarseness becomes some of the side effect of the medication. Um, so when the client uses it a long time, um, the client can have other complications, other complications like a mouth sore, other things that come in when they have used it for for a long time. They can have like a myopathy, peptic ulcer disease condition. Uh, can come out when you are using them also along with NSAID medication. It can cause fluid electrolytes imbalances um, when you use some of these corticosteroids. Now, for prednisolone in particular, prednisolone is the most preferred corticosteroid that we want to use in, uh, with asthmatic condition. Prednisolone is the most preferred one among them. The prednisolone is the most preferred corticosteroid for asthma condition. Um, 
We and, and we should mention that this medication we don't want to use it for more than 10 days. For this medication, if we use it for 10 days, it comes with so much different complications. That is the pregnisolone. It will cause some adrenal gland dysfunction. For longer time, it suppresses the adrenal gland. And it also causes weakness in our immune system. That's why we don't use it for a long time. It causes bone, uh, bone, that means bone loss. The bone becomes fragile. When you use this corticosteroid for a long period of time, the bone becomes fragile. So the client can also have hyperglycemic effect. Corticosteroid as a whole, they can, uh, they can increase the level of blood sugar. That is, they can make the insulin to become non they can inactivate the function of the insulin that can increase the blood sugar in our body. So when you are on this medication, that is the corticosteroids, and you are having diabetes, it is good that the doctor to know about it, to tell you what to do next. Because this drug can it have direct effect on blood sugar activities. We cannot use prednisolone um, with potassium depleting diuretics we cannot use them they're going to cause hypokalemia we cannot use this medication with NSAIDs if you use this drug with NSAID, they're going to cause GI problem they will call G, they can cause GI ulceration you cannot use them with NSAID medication if you use them with a uh, hypoglycemic agent it's going to cause a counteractive problems. So, you want to try to use these inhalers on a regular basis with fixed schedule for long-term asthma therapy. If you're taking it on a particular day, they can take it every day at the same time on a regular schedule for long-term patient with asthma problem or another problem. Um, this. Medications are not used to treat, that is, prednisolone and other medications are not used to treat an acute asthmatic attack. They are used to treat um, like a uh, long-term problem. This medication, um, the, when a client is taking the inhaled bitter agonist and an inhaled glucocorticoid, advise the client to inhale the bitter before inhaling the glucocorticoids. So if they are on the beta medication as an inhaler and they are on the glucocorticoid as an inhaler also, they should use the beta medication first before using the glucocorticoids. Because one will open the airway, one clears the airway. So the beta will open the airway, they are bronchodilators, and the glucose will start to clear the airway. So you want to open the airway, clear the airway. Any questions on this medication? Then we look at the liquid train modifier, which is, which is the last one on this anti-inflammatory agent. The liquid tree modifier. The liquid tree modifiers. 
Leukotriene modifier. The leukotriene modifiers, these are medication that suppress the effect of leukotrienes in our body. When leukotrienes are suppressed, it reduces our the, the inflammation of our airway. So leukotrienes also have to, to make the airway to get inflamed. So when these leukotrienes are suppressed, it releases the suppression of our airway. So it helps to also open the airway. Um, it, pre it prevents uh, bronchoconstriction, it prevents airway edema, and it prevents mucus production in the airway. And that's why in the case of asthma, you will hear all of these problems. You hear these wheezes in the uh, but the airway become constricted. There, there is a bronchospasm. There is an inflammation. All these things happen at once with crying with asthma. So we have to treat it very, uh, very effectively using all of these different agents to treat it. Now, under this nicotine modifier, you have drug like the multi loscar the multi loscar multi loscar is an example. The multi loscar the multi loscar is an example of the leukotriene modifier. Under here, this medication, like I said, they can prevent bronchoconstriction, airway edema, and mucus production in our airway. This medication, we have another type we call the Zafaluska. Now, I'll talk about this medication just in a little bit so we can look at it more. For the Montelusca, it is used in children as young as 12 months. So this first one can be used in children who are, are as young as 12 months of age, like one year, who can use the Montelusca. For the Zafaluska, um, they are used in children above five years and above, five years and above for the multi loscar Now, for another one is um, the Zaluton. Zaluton. This is used in adult and adolescents. They are used for adults and adolescents. So they are used in adults and they can be used in adolescents also. Um, this medication, this medication under the nicotine modifier, they have some bad adverse effects. And one of those adverse effects is the client will have suicidal ideation, SI. The client will have SISH behavior, self uh, suicidal ideation or self-harm behavior, self-harmful behavior. They're going to have it when they are on these leukotriene modifiers. 
A client gonna have depression. The client can have depression as the complication with this nicotine modified. The xylitone can cause liver damage. It causes liver problems, which is hepatotoxicity, liver damage of this xylitone. So just think on L for liver and liver for newton. So they can cause liver damage. Um, also, like you have the Zyphelusca, these two drugs can cause liver problems. It can cause hepatotoxicity. Um, the Multilusca is contraindicated category B. So the multi is for pregnancy category B. While the Zyphelusca is for pregnancy category C. Now, um, it's also contraindicated in clients who receive viral vaccines. If the client receives viral vaccine or any vaccine that derived from virus, uh, they cannot take this medication. So the anchor will ask a client who just took uh, the measles vaccines is to be is to take the Montelusca medication or a client who, who got the vaccines yesterday um, has the following medication on their MAR, which one would the nurse question? And you should be fast fast in thinking to know that this leukotriene modifier cannot go when the client has just taken viral vaccines or vaccine for viral infection to be to be specific so um this medication we cannot like for the zenuton and zafaluska um they inhibit the metabolism of warfarin or comadine so this medication we do not serve it along the blood thinner comadine. We cannot give it with comadine or warfarin. They will increase the level of warfarin if we administer them together. They increase um, the metabolic. They increase the level of of of, of warfarin in the body. So when the client is on them, the warfarin want to advise the client to observe indications of bleeding, any signs of bleeding the client gonna have. We want to report those signs of bleeding. We want to notify the doctor. We want to monitor the client protrubing time and the iron hour level, the PT and the iron hour. Remember what we're talking about? We're talking about comadine or warfarin. Talking about INR, the international normalized ratio, and the protobin time. And this medication, or this medication, the antidote is vitamin K. And we said that when you are on vitamin K, when you are on the medication, you can you can eat green little vegetable. But you must eat them in a consistent amount. 
That's one. When we're talking about heparin, we are speaking about the APTT. And the antidote for this heparin is the protamine sulfate. And we say heparin does not dissolve clots in the blood, but they prevent newer clot formation for heparin. So when you are reading these things, remember these tips about this medication for the ankles. It's important. We say multi-loose cast, when you use it concurrently with phenytone, dalantine, it can inhibit the effect of Montelusca. So if you use Dalantine with Montelusca, the Montelusca will not work because the Dalantine will inhibit the function or the effect of the Montelusca. So Dalantine is one of those drugs I always talk about here that has a negative impact on other medications when they are used concurrently. So you want to observe for therapeutic effect of multi-lusca if they are combined or if they are concurrently used with dalantine or phenytone. So um, we're going to stop here for today.